The following is a Kingfisher Media production. Hey guys, you're listening to the In the Blood podcast. I am your host, AC Bergen Fisher, and thank you so much for listening, whether you are a new or returning listener. I'd like to invite you to find a quiet place where you consider what's being shared with an open mind and a receptive heart. Before we begin, though, the following disclaimer. I am not a therapist, and nothing presented here should be considered as therapy. If you feel that therapy would be beneficial, please seek out a licensed therapist who you trust. Today... I, I had something bouncing around in my head. It's actually been bouncing around for a while because I'm sort of dealing with the end of what was a, what I believe to be a high quality and fairly substantial and, and, and long-term friendship that had gone beyond friendship had even like crossed the boundary into what I would have and, and what I actually did label as a family relationship. And now that there's been a, a period of separation where I have a chance to like reflect and look back and think, okay, was this person my best friend for 20 plus years, or was this person my best friend some number of years ago? Did that change? Has this person always been the way they were towards the end where I realized that, you know what, I have to take my leave, not as a judgment of them, but just as an act of self-preservation for me. Because as I discussed, um, I don't know if it was the last episode or the one before, you know, talking about how, you know, just because I would determine that somebody is toxic doesn't mean that they're, they're, that they're a bad person. It just means that like, I can't digest them. I can't, I can't stomach what they bring to the table which it may mean that like I'm a jerk. It may mean that they're a jerk. It may be a case that like nobody's a jerk. We're just two incompatible people. It happens sometimes. And you know, that's okay. It really is. But through this whole process, I was sort of, of, of looking back and trying to take like retrospective inventory. It got me to thinking about like, okay, like what are the things that are reasonable to use as a way to measure how high quality a relationship is. And before I get too far into it again, I just want to like clarify, I'm speaking in terms of platonic relationships right now. Ones that don't involve usually sex or romance. While some of these things may actually cross over into the realm of the romantic slash sexual relationships, that is absolutely not my focus today. So if you feel like I'm, I'm missing something, and you're like, hey, when I'm dealing with my spouse or partner, I, I'm i recognizing qualities you haven't even mentioned. Like, look, two things. I'm not trying to talk about that. The other thing is I'm only offering like one person's perspective. I'm going to miss some things and I'm going to get them wrong. Like all I'm doing is sharing my opinions. You know, you could do with those what you see fit. Hopefully, if you agree with something, you find it helpful. That's awesome. If you don't agree then take the time to think about your reasons why you don't agree. And hopefully you'll come to a place of learning and better understanding through that. Either way, I'm hoping that whatever I have to offer is going to be helpful. So let's just dive in. 
the, the the first thing that really jumped to mind as far as like okay like what is a way i could recognize a high quality relationship and that is that we care about each other's well-being and you know some people might be listening to that and thinking well yeah duh of course we care about each other's well-being but you know what i've learned is that there are so many people out there my, myself included where i you know we we feel like we're investing so much into a relationship that's not really paying anything back and it's not like we want to be using people per se but there should be that reciprocation of the the things that we put in we're going to take out you know at, at least as much not to say that like okay um it's always going to be like a perfectly even thing you know like i bought you a present you buy me a present because we may have different ways of expressing ourselves we have different ways of communicating but the the thing is, is like i give you a certain portion of me in exchange for a certain portion of you that's the kind of reciprocal behavior that i think we would really want to look for and as far as like looking out for each other's well-being, like this is kind of a big thing because I mean, well-being is such, such, such an all encompassing term. It's not just a case of, okay, well, does my friend have enough money for gas to drive to work this week? If not, then maybe I'll slip some cash in their coat pocket, whatever the case may be. Do they have enough milk for the baby do they have dog food do they need somebody to watch the kids so that they can take a break you know whatever the case may be um are you are, are they feeling ill can i bring a bucket of soup you get the point we are invested in our friend and i think that it's a reasonable expectation that our friend would be similarly invested in us which means two things one is that we have to be comfortable with asking other people about their needs but we also have to be comfortable with expressing what our needs are give them an opportunity now like if we express a need and we get crickets in response chances are this relationship probably isn't like a super high quality one okay and that sort of leads into the next point which is that we go out of our way to do for each other that to me is a really really big thing because i mean it, it when I was taking inventory of this relationship that is, has come to an end, I was thinking, well, that person has done for me and I have done for them. So why is it that I'm sitting here feeling like I'm so forgotten about? And what I realized is that whereas I would do for this person, whether or not it was convenient for me, I would actually go out of my way like to to do for them. I was feeling more and more like they were only willing to do for me if it didn't cost them anything as far as effort, time, energy, you know, that sort of thing. I I needed somebody who's going to be for the for me like on on terms that benefit both of us, not just on terms that like leave them feeling you know, like they haven't had to do anything. And yeah, it just, I, I think if you're not willing to like make that investment, if you're not willing to inconveniencing yourself for each other, then again, I, I don't think you're dealing with a, like a very high quality relationship. You know, the next thing is that 
I, I think if you're dealing with a high quality friendship, a high quality relationship, like you're going to love spending time together. It's not going to be a case of like, ah, crap, like I got to go and meet so-and-so for coffee. It should be a case of like, I seriously cannot wait to sit down with so-and-so for coffee. It's, it's been a while. I can't believe it's like been a month <laughs> since we sat down and, you know, and you spend your time together. It doesn't have to be a case of like, there's a problem to solve. It shouldn't have to be, there's a task to complete. It just, just be a case of, you know what? I love your company so much. We could talk about the weather. We could stare at each other's shoelaces and it just feels good to be around each other. You know, I think that's a mark of a high quality relationship. You know, that emotional connectivity that transcends like any subject matter that is on the table where the silence speaks volumes, but in a good way. I don't know. It's it's not like you hear each other's thoughts, but you can tell what that other person is thinking or feeling just by the way they're holding their cup of coffee, just by the way they are twiddling their fingers. I don't know. You get to know each other people well enough and you get to know each other where it's just like, there is that emotional connection where it's kind of difficult to tell, you know, in some ways where one person ends and the other one begins. And it's not like you lose your sense of personality, but your personality at the same time is, I don't want to say it's dependent on the other person, but it's certainly, it's the best version of itself when it is around the other person, when that connection is there. You know, and one of the benefits of that emotional connection is the ability to be like open and honest, transparent with each other, where you can just say, look, you know, you asked me how I was feeling. And the reality is I'm not feeling very good today. I'm actually feeling kind of upset. I'm feeling, you know, whatever I'm feeling, even if it's a case of expressing something towards the other person, something you've observed is just look, I love you. You're my friend. I care about your well-being, all this other kind of stuff. We're connected. We love spending time together, yada, yada, yada. As a result, you know, when I see you engaging in self-destructive behavior, you may not want to hear it from me that like this stuff is a problem or that this new friend or new love interest or whatever the case may be is draining you of the best parts of yourself but I respect you and I love you enough to be open and just say, look, this is a problem and you can hate me right now or not, but I have enough confidence in the quality of our relationship where I can tell you this stuff without fear of you just wanting to like end things because hopefully I've earned enough respect with you as well, where you know, you do the same thing to me, tying back into, you know, what I was talking about a couple episodes ago, where if you put at the center of your relationship, this idea that offense is taken, it's not given, you can stop focusing on, okay, like, why am I being antagonized and, and start focusing more on like, why am I reacting the way I'm reacting? And if you hear something that makes you react harshly, okay, am I reacting harshly because this person is being a prick? Am I reacting harshly because ooh, they're saying some things I don't want to look at? They're getting a little bit too close to the heart of the matter. And I'm feeling defensive because I know my friend is right, but it just feels so good to do the wrong thing. And I kind of want to do the wrong thing right now. You know, and that's all part of being open. I mean, just because I express to my friend, like, look, I think you're being an idiot. It doesn't mean my friend can't turn around and be just as open and say, you know what? I'm well aware of what I'm doing, but I need you to back off. Cool. 
like it, it isn't that like what we all want where we can just be like so open with each other where, where there could be even a disagreement and it's not going to be a threat to to the relationship because the quality is high enough you know and it's not just you know in enjoying the ability to be serious with each other but also being able to enjoy the the, the silly moments and honestly like appreciating and, and and celebrating the value of of both ends of the spectrum because sometimes i don't know sometimes i think it, it's it's good just to like let some pressure off by being playful you know it's one of the things that i think that that, that children really enjoy is like they know how to run they know how to scream they know how to play just for the sake of playing as adults we don't do that nearly often enough and i think that you know well whereas not all of us are going to want to go and throw a frisbee in the park or go snowmobiling or you know whatever it, it is that people do maybe it's a case that we're just sitting together at the coffee shop and one person will smile at the other and just give a playful poke in the arm with a single finger and you can just have a, a, a giggle for the sake of having a giggle i don't know you know you you know your friends you know what i'm talking about i hope but if you don't well well maybe Maybe it's time just to get a little experimental, like figure out how to find that silliness. Cause I mean, any high quality relationship I think is going to have that element. It can't be all serious. I mean, likewise, it can't be all silly. You got to have a, a good balance of the two and you really, really do need to, like I say, appreciate them. You know, and an, another component of what I would consider a high quality relationship is, you know, just that, that feeling like, you know each other you know like in a deep way past the superficial i mean anybody can get familiar with the mannerisms of a stranger i mean if anybody who's ridden public transit or has had a coworker that they don't talk to i mean you know what i'm talking about there's a lot you can know about a person without actually knowing who they are but when you're with, with somebody who like is actually meaningful to you in a, in a relationship that is a high quality one I think you know the stuff that isn't obvious to others and not just their secrets, but the, the little subtleties, the, the things that would be invisible to everybody else in the room, but the things that you see, the things that put you in a position where you know when it's time to ask your friend, are you okay? You know when it's time to just give them a, a gentle reminder, like, you know what? I appreciate you I, th I think you're awesome you see them stressed out you see them tensing up you know what why don't you go and sit down and relax and let me finish that for you can i do that for you getting to know each other i mean it's it, it's valuable in so many different ways i mean I, I don't know how you could begin to pretend that you're in a high quality relationship if you are effectively strangers to each other or if you don't know each other any better than like a coworker or their mailman would know them just from seeing them often you know of course getting to know somebody that well means that you become intimately acquainted with well, and i'll put this in quotes with their quote imperfections you know, these things that are like really effed up about them that make them just beautifully them, at least to you.
And I'm not saying, you know, you just blindly accept everything about the person and never challenge them. But I mean, there's some things about a person that, you know what, 99 people out of 100 might just find these things infuriating and intolerable. And you look at this person and say, that's what makes my friend my friend. And when you look at each other in that way, wow, that it's, it's powerful stuff. It really is. You know, something that I think that for the most part, women do reasonably well. And for the most part, I think men struggle with is not the feelings of being like warm and affectionate to, to their companions, but actually like feeling comfortable enough to express this warmth and affection. And it's not a bad habit to get into, to tell your friend at the end of a telephone conversation, you know what? I love you, brother. I'm looking forward to seeing you again. Have I taken a moment to tell you how much you mean to me? Is there something wrong with like when you haven't seen your friend for a while, just instinctively going in for a hug and not like that, you know, like big boisterous, like ha 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 slap on the back kind of hug, but like a, a warm embrace because you ideally you have these feelings for the person. And you know what is as awkward as it might seem when you get into the habit of expressing yourself on this way, I, I think it just opens the, the, the door to such a beautiful form of, of intimacy, you know, and I think too often intimacy is equated with like sex romance, but I think the best part of intimacy is like the, 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 the trust that somebody else is going to carefully cradle your broken pieces. The trust that when you go to somebody in confidence, whatever you tell them, it remains with them. It doesn't go any farther. You don't end up hearing from everybody else in the neighborhood about the, the, the stories that you confided in your friend about your traumas. You know, and when you, when you have that level of, of, of intimacy that you develop, I think it, I think it inspires a commitment to be a part of each other's lives because finding a connection like that, it, I can't, I can't say it's like completely rare, but it's certainly, it's not the norm. It's infrequent enough where it should be cherished when it happens and you should try to hang on to it. You shouldn't just take it for granted. And I think when there is that mutual commitment to remain as part of each other's lives, I think all of the other stuff we've talked about so far, I mean, it just, it, it just amplifies it. it all of these components get stronger. They all feed back into the high quality of the relationship the 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 type of high quality relationship that I think we would like to enjoy with everybody we know sadly we don't you know and I think when you commit to being a part of each other's lives you also commit to working on the relationship and when you've got two people that are committed to working on a relationship and I mean really working on it, not just dealing with problems as they come up but doing the preventative maintenance you know, having the tough conversations about the things that, you know what, like 
so many people have issues with this kind of stuff. I, I, I like, I don't want that to happen to us. Like, are, are we good? And sometimes what you'll get in response is a reassurance. Yes, we're good. I think you're off base in worrying about this stuff. Sometimes it'll be that relief from the other person saying, man, I've been feeling it too. I didn't want to say anything. I, I, I like, didn't want you to be concerned, whatever the case may be, but like, you know, talk about your problems when everything's going good. Cause I mean, every relationship's got problems. I don't care who you are. And if you think you don't have any problems, well, one of two things, either your relationship is too young for the problems to have presented themselves or you're too superficial to see that the problems are there. I suppose some people might argue that like denial is a component, but the, the one person that no matter how hard you try, the one person you can't lie to effectively is yourself. You're never going to convince yourself of something you don't believe. So it wasn't by accident that I left that out. But, you know, I think if we, if we take inventory of all of our relationships, just to try to determine like the, the, the level of quality that they have. And I'm not saying like, you know, just use this as a, as a launching point to like start attacking your friends saying, Hey, these are all the ways in which you've disappointed me. Take that critical eye and turn it inward first. What kind of friend have I been? What kind of quality have I brought to the table? What kind of quality have I invested? Am I presenting myself in a way where I am worth this other person's time and attention and affection and loyalty and all this stuff? Or am I worth it? And I think too often we're we're told that when you get stuck in that line of questioning, well, am I worth it? Well, that's like an insecure thing. I don't think it necessarily is. I think if you take an honest look at yourself and you realize that, you know what, the reason I keep on having low quality relationships is because I am building low quality relationships because I am, I am contributing low quality components. I'm making the minimal investment and expecting the maximum payoff. People don't work that way. You know, in investing heavily of yourself is obviously it's, it's no guarantee that you're going to get like a heavy return on that investment, but it's the only way you're going to have access to a heavy return is if you invest heavily, at least in the long term. So hopefully I've inspired you to like, think a little bit about what you bring to the table. Think a little bit about what you allow to be put on your table. Think about how much energy you're putting into these low quality relationships and think maybe if there's never going to be a payoff or there hasn't been a payoff in a long time, if you can't fix it, maybe stop investing there because that energy that you're, that you're investing it's depleting you. It's reducing your ability to approach your other high quality relationships on a high quality level. You rob yourself when you are afraid to let go of things that need to be let go of. You know, like not too long ago, my, my wife was going through her drawers and going through her closet and saying, you know, like I, I got to get rid of a bunch of stuff. And I asked her like, well, why don't you get rid of it? Just like clean sweep, 
take all the things you don't want, you don't like, you don't wear, put them in a big pile and donate them, sell them, throw them away, whatever you need to do. She said, if I do that, then I'm not going to have anything. I think we do this with people too, though, don't we? When the reality is, it's like if you're not wearing these clothes, if they don't fit you, if you don't like them, if you don't have any occasion to put them on, I would argue that you don't have them anyways. So isn't it better to expose the things that you do have so that you can see them clearly and make space for more things that are going to contribute value into your wardrobe? Same with the people. You get the dead weight out of the way. You'll have room. You'll have space. You'll have energy to allow better people in. And even if no more people come in, holy crap, you've got so much more room to stand back and appreciate and enjoy the things that you do have, the people you do have. Quality relationships deserve that little bit of space. Just like a, a quality piece of art. You're not going to like, pile it up under like old banana peels and, and damp towels. No, you're going to put this in a prominent place where it can be seen. It can be appreciated. It's in the right light. Anyways, that's my thoughts on the matter. As always, I'm curious to know what you guys think. If you want to share, even if it's a, a quick message, if you have something a little bit longer you'd like me to read on the air, maybe you'd even like to come on the podcast and have a conversation with me. We can do that. Just send me a message at inthebloodpod at gmail.com and let's figure out how to make it work. Until next time, though, remember to check out my sessions with Freed Revere on the Estranged Heart podcast, theestrangeheart.com. And until next time, my friends, much love.